0: This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Defense ministers from more than 50 countries are meeting at a NATO summit in Brussels to discuss providing more military aid to Ukraine after a brutal Russian bombardment on Monday. On Tuesday, the G7, a group of rich democracies, pledged their, quote, financial, humanitarian, military, diplomatic, and legal support to Ukraine, quote, for as long as it takes. The Bank of England confirmed that its emergency bond-buying scheme, aimed at helping troubled pension funds following the British government's chaotic mini-budget, would end on Friday as planned. The bank's assurance came after a report in the Financial Times had indicated a possible extension contradicting comments made by Andrew Bailey, the bank's governor. The pound once again tumbled against the dollar, and yields on British 30-year bonds surged. President Joe Biden named China as America's, quote, most consequential geopolitical challenge in his first national security strategy. The document, a high-level plan for keeping America safe that is required of each new administration, was due last year but delayed as Russia amassed troops on its border with Ukraine. Mr. Biden also highlighted the importance of, quote, restraining Russia while strengthening America's alliances and democratic institutions. A jury in Connecticut ordered Alex Jones, a right-wing conspiracy theorist, to pay $965 million in damages for claiming that the Sandy Hook school massacre was a hoax. Family members of eight victims and an FBI agent who responded to the shooting had sued Mr. Jones for defamation. It was the second of three such trials. At an earlier one, Mr. Jones was ordered to pay nearly $50 million. Germany said it expected its economy to slip into recession next year, slashing forecasts from 2.5% growth to a 0.4% contraction. Robert Habeck, the economy minister, said the reversal was caused by inflation, supply chain woes, and a worsening energy crunch, to which Europe's largest economy is among those most exposed. French refinery workers voted to continue their strike for pay rises despite the government threatening to step in if unions and oil companies cannot reach an agreement. Stoppages and blockades now in their third week have paralyzed six of France's seven refineries and led to fuel shortages at nearly a third of the country's petrol stations. Russia's security service said it had detained eight people in connection with an explosion on Saturday on Kerch Bridge, which connects occupied Crimea to Russia. Russia says the attack was organized by Ukrainian military intelligence. The arrests were of five Russians and three others from Ukraine and Armenia. Ukraine, which has not taken credit for the strike, dismissed the investigation as, quote, nonsense. And fact of the day, $67 billion, the estimated amount Britain's government needs to find in savings to fulfill its, quote, mini-budget.
1: And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. America remains in the grip of inflation. On the surface, it may seem like a relief. The latest data on headline inflation in America, due to be released on Thursday, are likely to be relatively placid for a third consecutive month. Prices are forecast to have risen about 0.2% in September compared with August. The problem is that beneath the surface, Inflationary momentum is still far too strong for comfort. Core inflation, stripping out volatile food and energy costs, may have risen by about 0.5% month on month. With underlying inflation still running that high, investors are all but certain that the Federal Reserve will deliver yet another jumbo rate increase next month, and perhaps one more before the end of the year. The aggressive pace of tightening is weighing heavily on global stock and bond markets, leading some critics to call for the Fed to relent. But until inflation itself relents, it will still stay on the warpath. The Bank of England's Tough Love The disastrous consequences of the British government's mini-budget of September 23rd continued to reverberate through federal markets. Days after the budget, the Bank of England was forced to intervene with an emergency bond-buying scheme aimed at helping troubled pension funds and stopping a fire sale of gilts. On Wednesday, the bank reiterated its commitment to ending the scheme by Friday, but only after mixed messaging had sent the pound whipsawing. But what happens after Friday? The worry is that after the withdrawal of the bank as the buyer of last resort, chaotic selling will resume. The bank's governor, Andrew Bailey, told the pension funds on Tuesday that they had to sort out their financial resilience before the deadline. Few in the market, however, seriously expect the bank to sit on its hands if widespread disorder returns. Underlying all the jitters, is a basic skepticism about the government's ability to fund its planned tax cuts. Until that is dealt with, expect more jitters. Congress's Final January 6th Hearing The Congressional Committee investigating the attack on the Capitol on January 6th, 2021, will hold what is expected to be its final hearing on Thursday. This installment will focus on summarizing the case against Donald Trump for failing to stop those of his supporters who sacked the building in a bid to overturn his election laws. The committee plans to issue a final report before the next Congress sits in January. If Republicans take control after November's elections, they are likely to suspend the committee's unfinished work, and to counterattack by blaming Democrats for intelligence and security failures on the day. Exactly how much criminality the current investigators have unearthed is unclear. The Department of Justice, which makes independent decisions on criminal charges, has seized phones of some of the central actors identified by the committee. But the scope of its inquiry remains unclear. Mr. Trump, who is no stranger to legal jeopardy, appears largely unfazed. Controversial New Speakers for Italy's Parliament On Thursday, Italy's new parliament meets for the first time since last month's general election. A coalition of right-wing parties emerged with solid majorities in both houses. Together, the Brothers of Italy, FDI, The Northern League and Silvio Berlusconi's Forza Italia Party won 74 seats more than the opposition in the 400-member Chamber of Deputies and 30 more in the 200-seat Senate. Giorgia Meloni, of the hard-right FDI, is almost certain to become prime minister before the end of the month, but the lawmakers' first task will be to choose speakers for both houses. Deciding who will preside over the Senate is particularly sensitive. The speaker would succeed Italy's 81-year-old president, Sergio Mattarella, were he to die or be incapacitated. Neither of the two frontrunners is a stranger to controversy. The FDI's Ignacio La Russa joked during the pandemic that Italians should use the fascist salute to avoid shaking hands. The League's Roberto Calderoli once compared a black minister to an orangutan. A Film Festival About Immigration For nine years, the Immigration Film Fest has shared the stories of immigrants, often produced by immigrants themselves. This year's event, which begins on Thursday with screenings in Washington and online, will showcase nearly 40. Operation Allies Welcome follows Afghans fleeing the Taliban as they settle in northern Virginia. Stop Time chronicles how a sanctuary church housed Lucio Perez, an undocumented migrant, for three years in defiance of a deportation order. The theme of the festival, Home, is the focus of My DACA Life, a documentary about Maribel a young undocumented migrant who arrived in America as a child. She was granted leave to stay under Barack Obama's DREAM Act. After she made her first trip to Mexico, that right was overturned under Donald Trump. As American policymakers face increasing numbers of arrivals and continue to struggle to develop fair and politically acceptable immigration policies, stories such as Maribel's need to be told. Daily Quiz. Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home, city, and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday. In the Rastafarian religion, which site is a place of peace and freedom, as opposed to Babylon, its evil alternative? Wednesday Which Motown singer was backed by the miracles? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Margaret Thatcher, born on this day in 1925. You may have to fight a battle more than once to win it.